Now please join me in welcoming you, me, them, everybody. You can clap, it's okay to clap. Hi everyone, hi everyone, hi everyone. We're gonna have a fun time. Uh, for the listener at home, uh, we record all these as a podcast. So for the listener at home, and even for some of the people in the room, and for the people watching, uh, I would just like to point out that they played the most depressing version of My My Hey Hey. Not Hey Hey My My, but My My Hey Hey, the even slower, even sadder Neil Young song about ODing on heroin right before this show. They set the bar real, real low so I could easily walk right over it. We're going to have a fun time. We're going to try our best. My name is Brandon Weatherby, and I am from Chicago, and the Chicago Cubs are going to win the World Series this year, and I believe that. And I, boo, boo, I'm the best. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's what I wanted you to do. You, you like things that I don't like and vice versa, and that's okay. It's okay to like different things, okay? Now, a lot of you are like, ooh, this guy. I don't like this guy. He's already loud. He's saying things about the Chicago Cubs, and they're clearly going to lose because that's how history works. But sometimes things have to change, guys. Cleveland won. Okay, we could win. Anyways, it's okay to hate me. It's really okay to hate me. But it really is. It's okay. I have confidence. I like you so much, ma'am. You remind me of my grandmother, and that makes me feel very nice in the inside. Can we get the cameras on her? I'm sure we can't. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Um, so listen, this is the thing I like to do. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. We're going to have fun. Uh, we're going to do our best to not have awkward times, but I've already made it awkward for that lovely person right there, but that's okay. Um, please don't leave a comment, ever. Now, some people in this room are like, what are you talking about? And there's this thing called the internet, and it's where people in cubicles like to go to complain and or people on their phones like to go to complain. I see some people here working for the Kennedy Center right now on their phones complaining. I get it. That's what you're supposed to do if you're at work. But never leave a mean comment on the internet. Uh, here's why. It's, just, it's pointless. It's 100% pointless. Um, I work in an industry where we get a lot of mean people saying a lot of mean things. Now, um, those people are called trolls, Okay. Now, trolls are bad because they're, they're tiny and they're in your lawn and you don't know why. And they're also on the Internet and they say mean, horrible things about you, especially if you're married to someone that's awesome. My, now, my wife is awesome and that's me bragging to you because I made the right decisions in life and I tried very hard and I have an awesome wife because I tried very hard. Now, she gets a lot of mean comments about her because she's a real journalist. Now, um, I understand that. But you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean literally everyone in this room, uh, when we write about things, we are not advocating those positions, <laughs> If we're covering someone, we don't necessarily like them. For example, I covered a restaurant, and they gave me the dumbest gift of all time. They gave me a wine cork bottle holder. Do you know what that is? No, because that's not a thing. They made up a thing to give to people. It's this. It's a piece of metal. They gave me a piece of metal. What is this for? It's to show off the cork of your wine. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. But am I going to say the names of these people and leave mean comments about them? No. I'm going to give it away to a friend later on in the show tonight. That's what I'm going to do with that. You don't need to say mean things. Now, I've always wanted to do this because I've come to a lot of Kennedy Center shows, and they're usually downstairs. And the Kennedy Center does a fantastic job. And I just want everyone to acknowledge this wonderful person. Her name is Diana, and she puts a lot of work into these shows. So if I say something dumb and offensive, I would just want to say thank you to Diana right now before the next 55 minutes of the show. So please put your hands together for Diana. I've never seen someone talk into the camera. Has anyone... Diane, you've been doing this for about a decade. Since the millennium, in fact. Since the willennium. Why isn't this called the willennium stage? That joke was for me and Haywood Turner C. Jr. who will be on the show tonight. Is this weird for the camera people? I know you're not supposed to talk. I'm trying to make eye contact with you. Is this really weird? Am I in focus right now? Fantastic. Is this the most exciting thing that's ever happened at the Kennedy Center right now? That's fantastic. They all said yes, and they just wrote me a check. For, to be, uh, you're so great. Here's some more money. We're going to have a fun time. No one else is going to leave the stage tonight, to my knowledge. 
Is that fair to say? I did not plan it ahead. I should have clearly put some stairs here, but now I have to roll on stage, and that's okay. We're learning together. We're going to have a fun learning experience. Now, I like doing this show because I get to meet fantastic people and, in theory, introduce you to those fantastic people. Uh, somebody I want to introduce, um, I wish I had known him longer. Um, he's a great guy, and um, we almost wore the same suit tonight, and I'm really glad we didn't. Um, because if, if we did, I would just look like a fat dad. But instead, I look like a proud friend. Uh, his name is Baby Bri Bri, and um, if you like the way that David Byrne looks, you'll like this man. Um, he, he sings fantastic songs, and without he's going he's gonna to play one of those fantastic songs. You knew this was coming. You couldn't turn the amp on in advance? No, you got to do it right now. That's okay. Amps take some time to warm up, everybody. That's how amplifiers work. This one's nice and warm. Okay. This one's dedicated to my fat dad, Brandon Weatherby. And also to Will Smith, uh, because Will Ennium was the second CD I ever got. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Baby Bri Bri. The song's called Too Dumb. She was in my dream again last night. Last night. And now it's got me. Wondering, you got it. If maybe all along she was right, maybe I was too young. Maybe I was too dumb to understand. man to really understand what was in the palm of my hand. She was in my dream again last night. Last night. And now it's got me. Wondering if maybe all along she was right. There's a lot of straight faces in this room. I was gonna call her up today. I was gonna send a text and say, I was gonna call you up. Today, but I just didn't have it in me to say, hey, maybe I was too young, maybe I was too dumb to understand. What was in the palm of my hand She was under my thumb I guess I was too dumb This one's for you. Baby Bri Bri, everybody. He's a fun man. He'll be here all night. 
My co-host usually is already on stage, but we wanted to bring her up purse first tonight because she deserves that. And if you don't know what that means, two people in this room knows what that means, but that's okay. We're going to inform everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, come in stage purse first. The absolutely fantastic. Allison Lane, everybody. Allison! <laughs> this chair is for you. Microphone that is for you. Wonderful. Allison, how are you? Well, thank you. You are the co-host of this show. Sometimes. Fantastic. Uh, the f anniversary show that we did at the Black Cat, yeah. which is like a smaller Kennedy Center. Yes, it is. <laughs> at that show, you were single. I was very single. And you were using a social media application to meet people. I actually met three people that day. Um, on that app. On the app called Tinder. Tinder. Which is not a sponsor of the show. It is not yet. Yeah, that's a great It answer. should be. Agreed. <laughs> Once you were no longer on Tinder. I am not. Why are you not? I know. You see here as well? That's important. Um, yeah, I'm no longer on Tinder. I have a boyfriend. Wait. I know. Who's sad? <laughs> I thought everyone was going to cheer because like, oh, she found love. But I like the angry man. <laughs> That said boo. <laughs> Ominously booing at your love and joy. I know. How does it feel to live in a Tinderless world in 2016? It is so less stressful. Um, I don't have to worry about that chin hair that's growing. Do you have a chin hair? I have. You, you can't see it. I can't. We're on stage at the Kennedy Center. I have a chin hair. It's a hypothetical chin hair. But yeah, like it's, it's a much easier situation. It's different for this show. I, I'm used to being in a seedy bar and being yeah. the party girl in the seedy bar. I'm very good at that. However, now I'm at the Kennedy Center in a cape. That was it. <laughs> uh, two things about that. Number one, capes are fantastic. Aren't they? I, I would love to wear one. I can't. Good for you. I was inspired by the internet for this one. Um, actually, remember Hot Dog Princess? No. Nobody knows who Hot Dog Princess Wrong is. Wrong crowd. Okay, so Hot Dog Princess. <laughs> she uh, went to the dance class. Uh, they were all dressed up like princesses for the day, and she chose to dress as a hot dog for Princess Day. I think that, you know, well, I like hot dogs. I don't know. Yeah, they're great. They're fantastic. So I was like, you know what? I'm an adult. First of all, I can have cookies for dinner if I want to. Yeah. And if I want to wear a cape, damn it, I can afford a cape. I have a job. I'm going to wear a cape. Good for you. You're an inspiration to people. Thank you. I don't know why you're <laughs> laughing. That was sincere. You should be crying. Speaking of crying tears, uh, you went to a wedding in the state of Vermont. I did. Uh, for the listener at home that doesn't... For the listener at home, do you want to describe... Uh, ooh, there, there's no way, good way for me to say this. Mm. Uh, you're not a white person. I am not. I look like a small Naomi Campbell. Okay. Um, with a mix of Tyra Banks. You're a, yeah, you're a gorgeous person. Yes. And you happen to not be white. Perfect, actually. N yes. Oh, sure. You're a perfect person. <laughs> and uh, people in Vermont... Are very white. Yes. Yes, yes. You know what's really funny? When you're in Vermont as a black person and you see the other black person in Vermont, you give a little wink at each other. Uh, that was really cool. There's a wink and a... See you over there. Where you're did black, you, too. Where did you see the one other black person in the state of Vermont? <laughs> at a bar. It was great. Uh, and we tried to, you know, get by and just, you know, do the black wig across the room and get closer. And then you're like, no, it's too far. 
I recognize you're there. We don't really know each other. What are we going to talk about when we get close? Hi, you're black too. That's cool. All right, fantastic. <laughs> um, would you ever go back to the great state of Vermont? I don't know if I need to. I'm, uh, I'm lactose intolerant, so they have a lot of cheese there, which is delicious. But I can avoid it. Um, that's not a really good you know, way to keep your friends in Vermont. Um, it's also kind of wet there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were really prepared for that. I was really surprised how prepared they were for like they waterproof everything. I'm not even there was a person in a bucket hat. It was like 80 degrees outside and like it's it's gorgeous. There's no way it's going to rain today. And it did. And I felt really dumb after that because I was wearing flip flops. I don't wear flip flops. I'm on vacation. And they were like, no, you don't wear flip flops here. We're in Vermont. It rains all the time. Seems like flip-flops would be perfect for the yeah, rain. I would think so, but you're wrong. You don't live in Vermont. That's right. I will never go to Vermont. Right. Well, there you go. This, we have a very strict anti-Vermont stance on this show. It's not anti-Vermont. I mean, just like the cheese and the no black people part. But other than that, it's a lovely state. <laughs> it sounds like the worst possible <laughs> state in the union. <laughs> What's the city? What's the big city in Vermont? Uh, Burlington. How many people are in Burlington? Uh, are actually, there's more cows there than there are people. Are you J.K.? I think. Oh, that's horrible. Something like that. There's, I don't know. There were facts and things happened. Um, I don't know. Cheese and rain. Speaking of our Black Hat show yes. and speaking of weddings, you're currently not drinking. I am not drinking. Is, how's that going? Hilarious. Um, I'm actually a bartender uh, as well. When I'm not getting paid at the Kennedy Center wearing a cape, I'm a bartender. And, uh, you know, being a drunk person uh, or a former drunk person at a bar, it's, it's much more fun to mess with people. Mm-hmm. at these bars like there's a guy that comes in a couple days ago and he goes ah, i need five drinks i don't know which drinks i need but i need five of them you know five different drinks i was like well that's not an order i'm like that's not a thing sir i'm like well do you know what you want in these drinks he's like ah just five of them just five drinks did you make this man five drinks so i made him five different drinks and i made them i i tried my best to take as long as possible because there's nothing worse when you're drunk and at a bar and somebody taking their time. Wait, 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 wait. He didn't order them like, I want five drinks over the next hour. No, I want five drinks I want right five now. Five drinks right now. I don't think like, that's legal. That's not a thing. That's not. It's not a thing. But I did it. Okay. And I took about 35 minutes to make them. And he stayed. You know what? He stayed. Because, you know, it, I don't know. You're drunk and you have nothing else to do. I don't do. think he would stay for me regardless of how drunk he was. Well, I'm really cute. Fantastic. Coming to the stage is an equally cute person <laughs> who probably has been to Vermont, but I'm guessing had a different experience than you. Perhaps. Um, I am incredibly surprised that she's here, <laughs> and I'm incredibly grateful that she's here. Uh, she's a congressional reporter for NPR. Uh, that's a small pirate radio station. Please put your hands together for Susan Davis, everybody. Susan! You'll sit here. She'll sit. Hi. Hi. We should shake hands because even though I know you in real life, it feels like we're just meeting for the first time. How tired are you? I am a little tired, but a lot caffeinated. So okay. I am ready. Um, before we booked this a few weeks ago, um, you asked my friend, uh, why does he want to talk to me? <laughs> I don't do anything exciting. Uh, what did you do in the last 24 hours? Well, I came to work yesterday thinking I was going to leave at 5 because I had to take my car to get repaired. And then Democrats on the floor of the House went rogue and took over the floor. And for nearly 26 hours, um, 
stage what turned out to be a fairly remarkable protest. Uh, and what they were protesting is the fact that Congress has not moved on any gun legislation in recent years, um, specifically in response to these mass shootings that we've had. Uh, and what made it so remarkable is, you know, not just the sort of the substance and the politics of it, but that, you know, I feel like this is a dated reference, but did you ever see the movie Pump Up the Volume by Christian Slater? I feel like this is a movie that might speak to your heart and soul a little uh, bit. Quick sidebar. Um, I did a series called Brandon Weatherby Reads the Classics. I'm Brandon Weatherby. Um, <laughs> volume one was Empire Records, and volume two was Pump Up the Volume. And by saying, and reading, we're using these, I'm using air quotes right now because classics, obviously. Um, I read Pump Up the Volume yeah. and portrayed every single character. Oh my God. It took. I did not know that when it, I brought I know. this reference. It took 45 minutes to read a 90 minute movie. That's how fast I talk. <laughs> and I did Chris, Christian Slater's affectation the entire time. So, yes, I'm familiar with the magnum opus that is Pump Up the Volume. Continue. I felt that there was – I just kept thinking about this movie because, you know, they had this protest, and this, the house is out. And so when the house is out, there's no way to broadcast it. C-SPAN that normally carries the house, if you've ever watched Congress, you've probably watched it on C-SPAN. Um, they don't control the cameras. The Speaker of the House does. So when they're not in session, they don't air. And Democrats did a really smart thing, and it's sort of protest in the social media era, is they started live streaming it on Facebook Live on this app called Periscope that essentially just allows you to broadcast live from wherever you are. And they were able to broadcast this for 26 hours, and then C-SPAN was able to pick up the broadcast because it was not the floor of the house. It was a separate venue. It allowed TV cameras in, uh, and it kind of just changed the way you protest on the Hill. So to me, you know, there was the substance, the policy of what they were debating, but I don't think it would have gotten anywhere near the attention or steam or energy around it if they hadn't done this sort of really like punk, smart, rogue thing. And what they did was in complete violation of the rules of the House. It was, in a lot of ways, like a total act of civil disobedience in the universe that is the House of Representatives. So do you think in a few months there's going to be some punishments for the people that have been streaming? This is a complete, like, sincere question. Yeah. Um, I was watching C-SPAN. Sometimes they would say who they were streaming from. MSNBC would not. CNN would not. Um, does, do people know who was who were the people that were streaming? Or they identified on TV the person's phone that it was coming from. Okay. So they would identify, like you know, Congressman uh, Scott Peters was one of the congressmen that was using it, and it would say at the bottom, like "stream from the phone of." Uh, and so, it, but part of what's interesting is part of the reason that they don't air these things, at least from the official House cameras, is it is generally kind of unseemly to engage in raw politics on the House floor. You're not allowed to use those C-SPAN in your campaign videos. It's supposed to kind of preserve the integrity of the place. And what is interesting now is that if we're doing these kind of rogue protests, using Periscope, using these kind of things, I will be curious to see if this does start showing up in campaign ads and email solicitations. And, you know, I do think we crossed it set a precedent in that they were allowed to do this, and I think you know Republicans have done this in the past. They didn't get the same amount of media attention, partly because it was a different media landscape. And you do wonder if this is becoming a new era of how lawmakers operate. Are we going to have people having their own individual channels on live on the House floor? And what does that mean for the place? And what does it mean for a place that's already pretty partisan and kind of nasty? Well, how does it mean for somebody that covers Congress? I mean, it made yesterday more fun. Was it more fun? <laughs> it, was it more stressful, or was it the exact same amount of stress, but now people are actually watching? I think because of the way it was covered and the, and the way that it drew the public attention, it added a sense of just, like, urgency and news to it that didn't feel entirely sort of stunty. 
Um, and I think it took Democrats by surprise. I don't think that this was not as well organized and strategic as I think they might take credit for now. This sort of started organically, and it's one of those things where you start to do something and you're like, oh my God, this is working. Because it, at first, you know, reporters are saying to Democrats, all right, well, we get it, you're taking it over the floor, but what do you want? What are you doing? And it, they were like, um, like you could tell that they didn't have like a long term strategy here. And then it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And then they started saying that we want votes on gun bills, we want all these things. And they didn't, in the end, they didn't actually get the things they were asking for. But they did manage to have a week where Donald Trump was not the driving conversation on Capitol Hill, <laughs> which is a remarkable media victory, if that. Is that a victory? Is that a victory? Yeah, but it was it, it was a refreshing change of pace for uh, a year and a, me- a cycle that is focused almost solely on one person. Because it's focused so much, this election cycle has been focused mostly on one person, and that's not someone that you cover. Does this make you want to do your job even more? Or make you want to do your job less? Like, why am I doing this at the end of the day if no one's paying attention? Oh, I think people are paying attention. Now, for you, what you're doing this week specifically, yeah, no, yes. I, I think, you know, I do think people pay attention. I think part of what's made this cycle hard, so this is my eighth election cycle. I've covered every election since 2002. Um, and they're all different. They're all special in their own ways. This one, it's just been hyper negative. And all elections are negative. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I think that's kind of the nature of things. But this year has been uh, particularly negative and kind of fatiguing. And this has been the weirdest election year because like facts have ceased to matter. And I don't know, like it's hard. I mean, we talk about this a lot as journalists and I think, and not just at NPR, at all these places where we do fact checking or we, we normally like politicians say things and we, and we investigate them and we say if they're true or not. And, and none of that matters in this election. And when you have candidates that regardless of what they say, you know, no matter what you say, what's true or not true, I think p- the people are so dug in on their viewpoints. This is more about, this to me is more about a cultural election and a values election than it has anything to do with like facts and policy and it's hard to cover. Well, are you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean NPR, is NPR sort of changing how they're covering the election based on listeners? Or do you even like listen to, or care about that? Oh no, I mean, I think it, NPR, so I'm, I'm new to radio. I started at NPR in September, and prior to this, I've always worked in print. So I'm still getting my sea legs in radio a little bit too, but I would say, um, you know, all broadcast is different, and NPR is its own special thing because I think our listeners, you know, if you're, li- if you're a listener to NPR, you love NPR, and, and oftentimes you're a contributor to NPR, so you feel even more like ownership stake in it. So I think we have, working here is one of the more engaged audiences that I've ever reported for. It's, it's, it, they're really vested in it. And we do, I mean, I, we do a politics podcast for NPR. It's really good. You should listen to it. Um, and we, li- every, every reader email, everything that people send us, like it all gets read. We, a lot of times we do stories based that on. sounds people. horrible, by the way. <laughs> I don't read them. Okay, good. <laughs> Someone else reads them and then sends us the good ones or the bad ones sometimes too. But I think it is like a place that is incredibly receptive to what people are thinking about this election. Uh, and, particularly from different viewpoints. I mean, I think we work very hard to get diverse viewpoints and diverse voices on the air, and that, I think, is, like, a good thing, and it's a good mission. Um, you mentioned the podcast, but sort of opposite of the podcast that I've really enjoyed is the NPR One app. Yeah. Um, that's what I've been using. I don't think I've listened to AMU intentionally in about since the app has launched. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm hearing your voice more and more and more. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was you because I know you outside of NPR. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the same person until maybe three months in. Do you think I sound that much different? 
Yes. Huh. Yes. And it's not a bad thing. You sound fantastic in both forms of well, your thank life. You. Um, but I, I just I find it weird that I'm hearing the, uh, the same reporters over and over, and I'm, I'm finding myself enjoying the way people report more yeah. and more. And I, I don't think that that's ever existed, uh, except now we have NPR One. We have these specific three-minute little blocks of reporting. Is that altering the way NPR covers things, or does it even matter? Has it always been like this, and I'm now noticing it because it's chopped up and presented differently? A little bit of both. What the NPR One app does that I think is really smart, and we're also, like, radio, like, print in a lot of ways is in this, like, what is the future of radio, and how do I get our listeners? And the NPR One app does a little bit of both because it allows you to self-curate. It allows you to decide, like, what you want to listen to, but it's not just algorithm-based. There are people, I don't know who they are, but they must be pretty smart, who there's also a human thing in that. So there's a human side of this where people are looking at what you're picking, but then it's not strictly machine-driven. Then they have people that say, like, oh, well, they they like this story. We're going to force some of this story into a stream. So you're not getting to totally self-select. So if you that makes a lot of sense because I've skipped one specific series so many times and I keep playing it's not you, and I'll tell you off mic because I don't want to put it in anybody's face. That's but fine. I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. it's not a good series. Anyways, I'm glad I like your stories. I don't yeah. skip those. But if you don't skip my stories, then they'll be like, oh, he must like Congress stories. And if he likes Congress stories, maybe he'd like this other story. And it goes from there. The one thing that's interesting about the app is one of the things the data tells us is that one of the things that people do not skip is their local news. Yeah. That's completely correct. I've never skipped that. And so local news and then like the national news, like people are still really invested in that, which is like I find very encouraging. Um, we have to wrap up soonish. Uh, what's one thing last night that you couldn't report on either because it was too uh, inappropriate to report on mm-hmm. air or it just didn't fit the narrative whatsoever? Maybe a congressman doing something that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, maybe somebody screaming at somebody in an inappropriate way. I didn't report on it because it didn't really fit into anything, but there was this moment on the floor around 1 o'clock in the morning where uh, Louis Gohmert's a Republican from Texas and Joe Crowley's a Democrat from New York, and, and Louis Gohmert, who's a very conservative Republican, pretty well known for uh, saying oftentimes provocative things, and went over to Democrats and kind of got into it with Joe Crowley, and there was this moment where we were watching from the galleries and we're like, there's going to be a fist fight on the floor, and there was this tussle, like, you know when you see in a bar fight where every, all the, the crowd just moves in a way? That happened, and then members smartly broke it up. But I think that is, with that, you know, I joke that members are like gremlins, like nothing good happens after midnight. So this is like, the debate was starting to devolve, and the floor was still really crowded. And I think that helped make Republicans decide to just adjourn and go home, because the, it would have only de-escalated into potentially, like, throwing down on the House floor. And while that might have been entertaining, yes. I think the more cooler heads and responsible people that run the House are like, we got to pull the plug on this. So, But I've never actually seen a fight on the House floor. We've heard them happen in history. There's been canings. There's been ridiculous things. And I feel like you know I've not experienced that in my years covering Congress, and I was this close. Allison, would you have served Representative Louis Gohmert last night? Um, Throwing fists first? Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> people can hear you. You're not on a specific show. You're just on all the shows. Like, you were on three shows this morning. And you were on that's radio true. like I... an hour and a half ago. Yeah. There is another app that's cool that's called NPR Addict. All right. What? That if you're, like, obsessed with me, which I totally get, um, you can you can search by reporter. And so you can just listen to their, the one oh, person's Oh, that makes stories. it way too easy to stalk which, people. I don't like right, this at all. Which I think is, like, great for people like, you know, the super fans like Ari Shapiro and Don Gagne and people that they just want to hear their stuff. Like, you can just search by reporter. So there's a lot of ways in. That's, I don't like that at all. It's a little weird. But Plug the podcast. 
Uh, the NPR Politics Podcast, I'm a regular on it. I'm not a host. It's hosted by uh, Sam Sanders and Tamara Keith. It's really fun. We've gotten a ton of audience for it. People really like it. It's light. It's smart. It's funny. And I think if you're interested in this election, it's a really pleasant listen to keep you on top of the news. Uh, and if you're not interested in, interested in this election, please remember that uh, Donald Trump threatened the Pope. Uh, so <laughs> just I think people forget that he threatened God. And I think that's something we should always remember, regardless of your stance on religion. Uh, remember that guy threatened the Pope? Yeah. Facts don't matter. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, I like you a lot as a person. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Susan Thanks, Davis, guys. everybody. Uh, Baby Bri Bri is going to play a song. Um, then we're going to, in theory, have some funny people do some funny things. Uh, I just want to say that my roommate is the one who's making you listen to that terrible uh, story on NPR One over and over and over. He's legitimately the guy who... I didn't say what it was, and I'm not going to yeah, give any clues well, to what it is. If you'd like to lobby any complaints, uh, you know who to talk to. Wow, that's great. That's fun. Like, yeah. Wow, all right. Does that sound okay? All right. This is a... Wow, that's... There we go. Professional. Uh, this is a real upbeat number by a hot new artist named Neil Young. <laughs> Woke up this morning... With love in mind It was raining outside But my love still shined Kept me warm Till my plane touched the sky And I've seen love Make a fool of a man He tried to make a loop so when But I got nothing to lose That I can't get back again You know this one? Man-made rules Been holding back my love Can't hold it back no more Church has long preached Sex is wrong Jesus, where has nature gone? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? Woke up this morning With love in mind It was raining outside but my love still shined Kept me warm Till my plane Touched the sky That was good timing um, You're good Thank you Alright Um I forgot. We used to give out gifts at every show, and I need to bring that back. So we're doing it right now. Uh, Allison, I got you this. It's called uh, Where to a Hack Memoir by Dmitry Samarov. Dmitry's been on the show multiple times, and I think he's fantastic. So Aww. that book is for you. Thank um, you. Sue, I, I, it's, that's why I look like I have trash on this desk. It's not trash. It's actually <laughs> a gift. So, Susan, for you, I got you a little airplane bottle of uh, tequila, but I put it in a Whole Foods bag. That way no one on the Hill would know what you're sneaking in uh, because no one's ever going to search a Whole Foods bag for booze. So there you go. I almost fell over. Okay. 
Uh, sorry about that. That's why there was trash on the stage. And all of these lovely gifts will be gone. Uh, maybe one of you will win them. There's no prizes. Coming to the stage is a very fun man. He actually, co- he actually hosted this show last month. Um, he tried his hardest, and he will never do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage is a man I enjoy very much. Please put your hands together for Norm Corrington, everybody. Norm's going to tell some jokes. Uh, I don't want to host it again. No. Uh, how's everyone doing? Hey, how are we? Good. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, so we're at the, the Kennedy Center. It's an honor to be here. However, we're quite close to the, the Watergate complex, correct? Why didn't you guys call this place the Nixon Center? Like, just, just to be dicks. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Uh, guys, before we go any further, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's what happens when you give a $50 H&M gift card to a giraffe. <laughs> but the joke's on you because I shop in Urban Outfitters. Three times the price, but only twice as douchey. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure out why they call it Urban Outfitters. Never seen so many white people in my life. And I'm from England. Uh, yeah, important to clarify that. Important to clarify I'm from England. A lot of Americans, believe it or not, think I am Australian initially when they meet me. And uh, when they do, I, I always ask them, I'm like, what made you think I was Australian? And they say, well, you use words like mate. You called me mate. Uh, and I say, yeah. That's our word. They're all our words. Uh, yeah, important to clarify that, not Australian, and important to clarify something else. It might get a little bit weird now, and I apologize. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this kind of stuff in the Kennedy Center, but I know you were thinking it as soon as you found out that I'm from England. I actually am circumcised. Uh, I know as soon as I have my mouth, you're like, foreskin, foreskin. <laughs> He's probably got a foreskin. Uh, I don't have one. It's gone. Had to put it on my Tinder profile. Tall. British. Circumcised. Uh, just kidding, not on Tinder, married, I'm married. Uh, I met my wife on Tinder. Yeah. Uh, my wife's American. I'm not, I'm like not really into, yeah, I'm not really into British girls anymore. Um, well, it's not that I'm not into them, it's just that there aren't any here. Like, I can't afford to be ruling out an entire nation of potential partners. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong, I've got a type. It's just that my type is human female. And I will be honest with you, I am flexible in either of those elements. Like, if I was going to make a list, it'd be number one, human, female. Number two, human, any gender. Number three, female, any species. Except insect. Don't think I can commit to something that only lives for 30 days. Despite the fact that it wouldn't be much of a commitment because I could have 12 relationships in a year. Even though people would get suspicious by the time we got to June, they'd, people would be like, his last five girlfriends died. <laughs> also, they were insects. Not sure what's weirder. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's the list. Human, female, human agenda, female, any species. You know what? You could ignore the female part on that third one. Don't know how fussy I'm going to be about gender if I'm copulating with animals. Uh, don't think I'm going to go to a stable and be like, hey, I'm interested in copulating with one of your horses. And he's like, well, you're in luck. I've got a stallion right here. And I'm going to be able to slow down. Said I wanted to fuck a horse. Didn't say I was gay. <laughs> Not a complete pervert. Thank you so much for sticking with that. <laughs> like, that got really dark there. Circumcisions, bestiality, you guys are pretty great. I've, been, I've performed at, like, 
I performed in open mics in front of lots of young people who didn't laugh at that. So thanks. Uh, wait, okay, very quickly. Can you clap if you're, if you're from, actually from, born and raised in D.C.? Please clap. Amazing. D.C. is the only city in the world where you can ask a room full of people to clap if they're from there and no fucker claps. <laughs> Including myself, obviously. Uh, I've lived here for like two years now. I do like it a lot. It's a cool city. However, it can be very difficult for British people to live. It's full of horrible reminders. I, I get it. You're one. <laughs> Give it a rest. Sorry about the fires. Too soon? Too soon? Yeah. Someone was like, yeah, too soon. 200 years too soon. Uh, yeah. But like, our countries have this shared history that only you guys learn about. You know? History textbooks in my school were blank from 1776 to genuinely don't know because I didn't learn about it. <laughs> Has anyone in here seen the, the 96 Will Smith movie Independence Day? Yeah, in England that movie's called Day. <laughs> no, but I am trying to catch up on uh, American history. I'm like trying to like, read a lot about it and stuff, getting ready for the green card thing. Uh, I've been reading a lot about the Manson family. <laughs> That's going to be on the citizenship test, right? <laughs> that will probably be on there. All you need to know about me is that growing up in the UK, there were, there were like three key events that, that happened in America and garnered a lot of media attention in the UK. Uh, it was the LA riots, Waco, and Columbine, right? And all you need to know about me is that as a kid, I sat there, watched those events unravel, and said to myself, I'm going to live there one day. <laughs> and here I am. That's what made me leave. Uh, has anyone here been to the UK before? Just a quick, yeah, okay. That's cool. It makes it harder for me to defend the food. But I'm going to do it anyway, right? We got a bad rotation. It's not really deserved, okay? London's like any city in the world. There's good stuff and there's bad stuff, okay? You just have to look for it. It's actually one of the most cosmopolitan and culturally diverse cities in the world. So if you can't find good food there, it's not our problem. It's your problem, okay? In fact, yeah, sorry? Oh, it is expensive. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. You know, but you pay for what you get, don't you, really? Uh, but yeah, like, it would be a lot easier to find good food in London if you guys hadn't put a McDonald's on every corner, I'm tired of hearing it. Oh, bl blood pudding, that's disgusting. Steak and kidney pudding, that's disgusting. Like a pink slime burrito from Taco Bell is high cuisine. <laughs> Larry King was on Twitter recently lamenting the fact that he can't find a good cup of coffee in England. And all I could think was, why don't you drink a cup of tea then, you fucking dickhead? <laughs> Heaven forbid you experience the culture of the country you're currently in. Lord knows I've drunk enough syrup. I just don't like having my country's cuisine ridiculed by the people that gave the world cheese in a can. Hot dog on a stick. You call it a corn dog. We know it's hot dog on a stick. Uh, and this thing that I just discovered existed recently, which is Slurpee-flavored donuts. Slurpee's not a flavor, guys. <laughs> if you buy a strawberry Slurpee-flavored donut, that's just a strawberry-flavored donut. But some of your food's great, you know? Just not hot dog on a stick. The only logical reason for the existence of a hot dog on, on a stick was that it was invented by someone who likes to put their fingers up their own bum. And one day they were like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting pretty sick of tasting my own shit every time I eat a hot dog. Let's put it on a stick. And he stopped there. Didn't put anything else on a stick, just hot dog on a stick. Some of your food's great. Barbecue. I love barbecue. You guys are really good at that. But do you know what tastes better than, than barbecue? Free healthcare. <laughs> but guess what? You guys, you guys don't have a queen. That tastes better than free healthcare to me. You know? 
people think I give a shit about the royal family, and I don't. Like, it's hard to really hate the queen because she's an old lady, but the rest of her family can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. But if they weren't on fire, I would definitely piss on them. In fact, were I presented with an opportunity to urinate on members of the royal family, I think I would struggle to do so because the idea arouses me. And I don't know if you guys know this, it's really hard to urinate uh, when you're stiff. Anyway, that's my time. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Norm Corrington. <laughs> Sit down, Norm. Thanks, Allison. Allison, you need that mic. I do. Um, I've seen that uh, last bit of your set many, many times, and I was like, is he going to go full force? And you did. Yeah. I'm proud of myself. You play the room. You're like, yeah. oh, they'll yeah. love this. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, uh, we're, you're not from here. Nope. And uh, there was a pretty important vote today from where you're from, mm-hmm. and you voted. I did. Yeah, I voted last week, absentee. Okay. Yeah. What we're talking about? Uh, the EU referendum. Uh, or Brexit. Brexit, yeah. Which I mean, I don't like referring it to, to that because that's only one of the outcomes. Right? Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. That, I, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting though. I don't, know, I don't know who here is like clued up on the whole uh, EU referendum. You're in okay. DC. I think everyone is. Well, not only two people raised their hands <laughs> because you'd also talked about putting your finger up your but, asshole well, for a hot dog. No, so no, that's no, no, why. No, no. Not me. The dirty American person that invented the condom. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, okay, so you're. What do you want to happen? Uh, I would prefer us to to remain, but you know, you know, the Hunger Games. The, the, the movie and book series? Yeah, the yes. movie and book series. This referendum is nothing like the Hunger Games, but the Brexit campaign think that it's a lot like the Hunger Games. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So Nigel Farage, who is like the leader of UKIP, the UK Independence Party, essentially the British Tea Party, he's, he's Katniss. <laughs> he's Jennifer Lawrence. And Boris Johnson, anyone know who Boris Johnson was, is? He's, he was the mayor of London. He's also part of the uh, exit campaign. He's like, for those of you that don't know, he's a bit like if Trump ate Winston Churchill. <laughs> but like, in order to consume his charisma, Trump ate Winston Churchill. Except he's not as radical. Boris Johnson's not as radical as Trump. I mean radical in like extreme radical, not radical like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Radical. <laughs> lost. <laughs> You're not making this any easier for anybody. Do you have any other analogies of politicians eating dead politicians? Uh, let's see. Did you really meet your wife on Tinder? Uh, well, we went to the same school and we'd actually met once before and then we matched up on Tinder, yeah. That's how we met. So th- there are two people on stage, two of four people. I'm assuming you're... Are you currently on Tinder, Ryan? No. Okay, cool. There are two of four of people on stage that met people and in theory are either in love or falling in love i hope so (laughs) you're the one who needs a green card not me (laughs) that's exciting yeah it's cool are you engaged yet not yet let's not do that now okay (laughs) um i did i did get a gift for you uh this is an expensive gift i got Uh, um it's really shiny and fancy um, so this is <laughs> when you have a dinner party with your wife and your oh. friends, and you want to showcase the cork uh. you got. And here's the good thing about it. If it's one so bottle of jealous. wine, you put it right there. Mm. And if it's two bottles of wine, you put it right there. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't make sense to you, uh, there are directions of how to <gasps> how to do it. This is serious. Thank God. There are directions uh, how to do it. So there Yeah, you that's go. amazing. Thanks, man. I yeah. thought it was a corn dog holder. No, it's I not. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like... <laughs> I'm very honored that you gave it to me. Absolutely. Who gave it to you? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, people could see Norm. <laughs> Your plugs. Okay, I uh, host a show every Thursday. I actually not hosting it tonight because I decided to do this instead. That's not helping. Yeah. Uh, every Thursday at Town Tavern in Adams Morgan, I host that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Norm. Norm, Q. you've known you were going to do this for a few weeks, and the best possible plug you could come up with is a dirty bar in Adams Morgan. I don't have anything else to plug. Fantastic. Play. Norm Corrington, everybody. He's a good man. <laughs> Thank Get you. Away. Go away. We're going to deport you. I'm the villain. No. Thank you. I like you a lot. Coming to the stage is um, he's been on the show longer than anybody else on this show other than me, and I really, 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 really like him. And I'm incredibly grateful that we get to do this here. And there's a reason he's going last, because uh, we might not be able to come back or finish the show if he went first. Come to the stage because he is great. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Haywood Turnipseed Jr. It's time to do some color commentary. Haywood. How you doing, man? Hello, white people. How you doing? It's that time. Heywood, what's the name? <laughs> what's what's the name of our segment? Color commentary. Why do we do it? Well, we do it to you know we cover all the stuff that you missed as a white person. <laughs> like he missed all the colorful things going on. Like he talked about the Cavs winning, but damn, you didn't talk about the Cavs winning. That's LeBron James. Look, go ahead. You can cry. Wait, wait. Where's Grandma? Where's Grandmama? Hey, Grandmama. How you doing? I love. I have, I have fun with your grandson over here. How you doing? I don't know if she likes that it anymore. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I will <laughs> give you a gift. I promise. I'll that was give you an a hour gift ago. She's like, who is this nigga calling? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. Look at you. my favorite part of the show. Dating somebody. Uh, look at you dating. I am. Oh, man. I've so much in the past year. Giving all Grace Jones tonight. Listen, that is that was, I looking like a character from Star Trek. Go ahead, girl. Uh, man. Go ahead, Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, well, this is the first time you've ever worn a uh, suit coat. On yeah, this is the first time you've had me at the Kennedy Center, too. That's true. Wacka, wacka, wacka. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> we are commentating on color, and since we are at the John F. Kennedy Center, at first, we talked about a few things. At first, we thought maybe we should talk about John F. Kennedy's favorite colored comedians. Exactly. Then we were like, no. See, that's, the, that's what the response that got. So we were like, that's not what we want to talk about, colored comedians. We want to talk about that. And then we started talking as commentators. What do we do? Color commentary. We're at the John F. Kennedy Center. We might as well talk about one of the greatest, greatest color commentators of all time who has recently passed on or transitioned, as I like to say, Muhammad Ali. That's a better response, right? So the only people gasped when you said that, like they couldn't figure it out. Yeah, the most important athlete of the 20th one of the century. One of the greatest color commentators of all time. Literally, he was a color, like color commentary, right? Like jazz music. That's, that's colorful commentary. Stand-up comedy. This is funny. Two of uh, America's, only things that America has ever created is jazz music and stand-up comedy. Two things being honored this weekend at the District of Comedy Comedy Festival being held by the Kennedy Center. You see that plug I did? I need tickets for the free show. See that plug I did? So this is, I'm like, so uh, so what we're doing right now is colorful commentary. We, we talked earlier about the election season and then the fact that facts are going away. Like, Donald Trump is actually winning. Like, do you guys realize that he is the bad guy in every 80s movie? <laughs> like, he is the dude who put baby in the corner. Like, <laughs> he is. Like, literally, he is, he's, he's Biff. He's Biff from Back to the Future. Like, literally, he has the Republican Party in the stranglehold. Like, McFly, McFly. But he's a colorful commentator. He is proof that American citizens actually should be allowed to talk. And he's also proof I should take that right away sometimes. 
But people used to look at Muhammad Ali like they look at Donald Trump at some point. They used to be like, why is this guy talking? Like, they used to say, yo, he, 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 he didn't, uh, before he even actually fought. I, I, I'll let you talk in a minute, white man, but it's, you know. <laughs> you, you, you've been talking for 45 minutes, and only one person of color been able to talk on the show. <laughs> I don't think John F. Kennedy would like that too much. <laughs> Too many, too many, never mind. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about, like, people saw Ali like they see Donald Trump. They were like, well, before he actually, uh, like, fought publicly, uh, professionally, he, when he fought Sonny Liston, he was like, I'm going to whoop Sonny Liston. Everybody was like, who the fuck is this guy talking about? Was I not supposed to curse? I thought. No, we're in the private room. He's already talked about fingers and butts. We're I fine. figured it was okay. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> he actually asked me to keep it clean. Then you had a British man over here talking about I didn't tell you tonight. Assholes. I didn't tell you tonight. Like, Yes, you have. He was like, you need to keep it clean. I was like, look at this British nigga up here just talking about <laughs> prostate exams and shit. <laughs> Running the world and voting. <laughs> I'm a D.C. citizen. I don't know what that's like. Wacka, wacka, wacka. <laughs> yeah, people saw Muhammad Ali in that same light at one point. They were like, who is this guy talking and stalking and doing this whole thing? Like, he was a... He, uh, in the public eye, he was equal to Donald Trump. He was like equal at one point to Kanye West. He was like the guy people, well, you can laugh because Kanye was like, who is Kanye fucking West? He, he fucking had seven number one albums. That's who Kanye West is. He's the West most is. important artist of the last 15 years. Yeah, you don't say that to Beatles fans. <laughs> He's the most important artist of all time. I will fight you all with fists. <laughs> These are older people. They, they don't give a fuck. That's cool. <laughs> and they're educated people, too. They're like, they're like, yeah, he is probably one of the most of your time, but hey, give me my Frank Zappa. <laughs> Frank Zappa? <laughs> That's that the best pull? you could do? No, Frank Zappa. He like that Frank got a reaction. Zappa. That got a reaction. Good from job. A guy who, who no, like good job. Good job. I'm going to leave it at that. It got a good reaction from a white man who's probably a golfer. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with golf. There's nothing wrong with golf. I'm raising my kids to be the next Tiger Woods, or as I like to call them, Black Panthers. <laughs> I'm serious. Muhammad man. Ali. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest, not just, a, uh, and the reason why we're talking about him, because we talk about color commentary. And uh, some of the comments as he passed away were, were, were just like, were very cool and very nice. And then at racist at the same time. And racism is that gift that, I hate to say, it keeps on giving. People, <laughs> it does. Like, people think they're being nice when they say Muhammad Ali transcended race. What? What do you mean Muhammad Ali transcended race? What race? The human race? <laughs> like, oh, you mean, oh, so when you say transcended race, that's like basically saying, you know, like Joe Lewis, he's a credit to his race. Black, white people, don't say that. Don't, don't, don't. We, we, actually, when you even say stuff like, you know, like, you guys are educated. You guys, are, you guys probably live in Arlington. You guys are cool. Look, <laughs> 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 no, they're looking at me like, we know all this, nigga. We, were, we got scholarships just waiting for you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Some, some of our cousins, some of our cousins or, or you know, people that we uh, visit with on the holidays, you know, they like to say, like, that, that guy's a credit to his race. They talk about Woods, like, he's a great golfer for, for A. Like, what do you mean for A? He's a fucking great golfer. Like, LeBron James is just a great basketball player. Like, uh, he just, uh, you know, like, he, uh, Kanye West is a great musician. And then when we look at people through the color of lens, we just want to put them in, in certain boxes. And we say that, hey, this person shouldn't be allowed to do that. Or this person shouldn't be allowed to do that. And what Muhammad Ali showed us is you should be allowed to do what the fuck you want to do as long as you ain't hurt nobody. His only thing was, hey, I just don't want to fight people who aren't fighting me. Ooh-wee. 
You, you see, like he was a fighter. Like he literally fought for his country. He won a gold medal for the United States of America. But when it came to actually saying, hey, you know what? I don't want to put a gun in my hand for the United States of America. And I say this as a former member of the military. Hey, you know what? He has that right. This is what America's all about. The right to be able to be fucked up as a young person and grow up as an old person and be just as fucked up but have money. <laughs> So you could change the whole view of what you look like. Like you heard of Rockefeller and <laughs> who the mother who the mother white people that run shit like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rockefeller and melons and shit. Like to the people that when they were coming up, people like to, to the people that they were employing, they thought they were shit. But now we have Rockefeller centers and melon museums and Carnegie uh, uh, schools and Muhammad Ali. When we look back upon his life, we see the we see the measure of a man. We see the pieces of a man. We see the colorful commentary that our life really is. And, and, and that's what we want to celebrate when we talk about this show, because this is a really good show. It's you, it's me, it's them, and it's everybody else watching. Ha, 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 another plug. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's everybody watching that makes this happen. And, and the reason why I call Muhammad Ali one of the most colorful commentators of all time, and in my mind, he's one of the greatest people of all time, because he said one simple phrase. It was one simple phrase, two syllables, shortest poem of all time, but probably the most important poem of all time. Me, we. That's it. Without us, there is no U.S. There is no world. There is no fucking universe. There's nothing. We, uh, um, we could be amazing, or we could really let Trump win and, you know, be cool. <laughs> no, because if Trump does win, we, at least we're going to have somebody to talk about. <laughs> you know, like, I'd love to have a president that I could to talk shit about. Like, having a president that's actually, like, should be the president, that's kind of, like, mind-numbing as, as an American citizen. <laughs> as an American citizen, you know, I want to be like, I could do that goddamn job. Barack is like, I can't do that job. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, 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 I'd have been cussed white folks out. I'd <laughs> cussed everybody out. Like, you know what, motherfuckers? I'm doing y'all some favor. What about W? W. Bush, you know, he, you know, he was one of those dudes, uh, I could, I could do that. I could do that job. I could do that job. Yeah. I could do that job. Like anybody, you know, like the w people go through it, you know, like I w <laughs> Hillary's going to have a hard way because people are going to be like, people going to say dumb shit and people going to commentate. And like we talked about social media earlier, people going to make dumb comments. And that's what people do. They make dumb comments. And that's the part of what this great nation is all about, being able to make dumb comments from a distance and not being able to actually do the job that that person's doing. Whoever sits in that seat, it's the fucking hot seat. I really don't want it. I don't want to be president because I don't want Russia knocking on my door going, hey, Wood, we got to talk to you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even want you knocking on my door. I don't even want the IRS knocking on my door. <laughs> Maybe I do want to be president because I don't want the IRS knocking on my door. hey oh. <laughs> we usually do this. <laughs> that was one for the voting people. We usually do this in places that aren't as nice and some, usually in bars. And yeah, usually have me in the back of the room. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true, Jack Norman. It's true. <laughs> Greg Norman. Whatever, man. I don't know golfers. I'm black. Uh, <laughs> um, and we always – and the, the two things you're never supposed to talk about in a bar are politics and religion. Politics and I, religion I, I and think, race. And we've added – I think we've hit all three tonight. Yeah. We're, we're fantastic. I think uh, – not we're fantastic. This show is fantastic. You're fantastic. Well, um, actually, I'm pretty good. I people should proud. follow. Yeah. People I feel like I'm wearing a sport coat tonight. I'm pretty goddamn awesome. Oh, this is for your, this is for your kid. Uh, he just turned five yesterday, he right? He did just turn five yesterday. He had a Spider-Man birthday? He had so a Spider-Man birthday. There's a little Peter Parker. So this is Peter Parker, the underpaid uh, freelance journalist photographer. That's what you want him to grow and up then, to be? And then That's he what turns you want him to grow up to be, an underpaid freelance journalist? I want him to grow up to be <laughs> the 
Black Panther. And then, uh, and then, here, and then he flip it around and it's Spider Man. But here's the thing that you doesn't make the sense. Black Spider Man. Okay, number one. There is a Black Spider Man. You're supposed to be my friend. That's for you. This supposed to be, you're supposed to be my friend. This is the same dude that gave my kid Harry Potter books. I was like, really? In Harry Potter, there's a character named Sirius Black, but ain't no Sirius Black characters in this book. <laughs> Not a one. Not a one. All right, I'll write a comic book and a children's series. No, nah, nah, you're going to write my life story. I'm going to write the comic book. All right. Um, this is for Brian. It's uh, like a white man. He's going to write my life away. <laughs> and this is Haywood with his two kids being a father. Uh, whenever I think of Haywood, I think of the Dark Knight featuring a white Batman. So that's, <laughs> we're going to give this Robin comic to Brian um, just because to me he looks like a little baby, baby, baby Ryan. He's a Robin. He's a cute little boy. Thank you, Fat Dad. He's, shut up. <laughs> fat Dad. Shut up. I noticed he gave everybody books um, but me. Before Brian Baby Robert plays the last <laughs> song of the night, I just want to have some plugs here. Uh, we're going to be doing stuff in this room the next th- uh, two nights. It's part of the Benson Ball Comedy Podcast fe- Festival. Uh, tickets are available for Hard Nation tomorrow night. Last podcast on the left. Uh, redacted tonight. And is that it? And Todd Glass. Is, Todd Glass is tonight. So stay in this room, <laughs> and you'll see Todd Glass later. Uh, you might know him because he had a situation. Uh, and then, and uh, that's a joke for literally no one. Uh, <laughs> he came out as gay, and he doesn't. We didn't want to call it that, so we called it the Togla situation. That's that. <laughs> Anyways, um, our comedy festival returns at the end of October. That's what all those flyers are for. Tickets are currently on sale. Uh, all, all four of us are on the last edition of it, and uh, we're going to close out with a song. Baby Bribery, you got any plugs before you play that last song? Not a one. Fantastic. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, follow him on Twitter. It's at Woody Seed. See him. See him. Oh, see me at uh, Monday nights, Madam's Organ in, uh, in Adams Morgan, and first and third Tuesdays at Sally's Tavern on U Street. There you go. So uh, those are much better plugs than Town Tavern. Uh, you're better than Norm. <laughs> get better. Get better. <laughs> They're not the same. Haywood's a better performer than you. You should get better. Oh. I'm. Suck it, British guy. Yeah! <laughs> Honestly, though, hey, America, USA, USA. That's right. That's what we should leave. Old my name is uh, Brandon Weatherby, and I've been playing the role of a heel tonight. Uh, <laughs> everyone else has been fantastic. You ready to play a song? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, for the last time, please put your hands together for Baby Bride Bride. That I can be a real boy sometimes But I'm starting to think that's just the way I am And I've heard that loving me can be a chore sometimes That's just something that I hope you'll understand I tried to change too many times before But where has it gotten me? What was it for? 
I tried to change too many times before. But where has it gotten me? I'd just like to say for the listeners at home that they're doing a really good job of pretending like they give a shit about this last song. <laughs> Sense for you, Haywood. <laughs> I wanted to be what she wanted me to be, but it's hard. Something that you're not I'm not trying to push you away I'm just trying to find the way to say If you want me, then you got me But it's me that you got Yeah, if you want me, then you got me But it's me that you got Yeah, if you want me then you got me But it's me that you got Thank you Thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you Thanks for coming out um, Thanks to the staff here They have to do a quick turnaround And it's, it's, they've been really great So thanks to the Kennedy Center staff uh, thanks to everybody that came, especially thanks to the people that have no idea who the hell we are and didn't leave. So that means a lot. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, everybody have a wonderful night. Please play some really depressing Neil Young music. I think it just sets the tone for a comedy night. Thanks, guys.